Hi, I'm Gabe. And I'm Kat. And we're the, the ghouls, ghouls Next, next Door. door. <laughs> That's us. Uh, that is us. That's fun. We are the ghouls next door. Ghouls are scary. <laughs> I like scary things. Yeah, scary things are fun. And today is our 16th episode. <sighs> that's, that's so many numbers. That's a lot of numbers. It's more than my hands. Yeah, it's true. I So this is a podcast, is what we're doing. And a podcast is um, where you talk to people. But our podcast is special because it is about scary things. Yeah, I feel like a lot of kids don't always talk about scary things. No, not like Goosebumps or Are You Afraid of the Dark or... Or the scary man who lives under our beds. Mm -hmm. But we talk about horror stuff and we educate you. And today we're talking about the scariest thing that ever was scary. So we're talking about children. (laughs) (laughs) And they're scary. Did you know? They're not kids. Yeah, we're, we're... I, I hear that kids can be really scary for, like, a whole bunch, bunches of reasons. Yeah, there's, like, real serial killer kids, and then there's, like, kids in the movies that are creepy, and they stare at you from afar, and they're always holding, like, their stuffed animal, and they're like, come play with us. But you don't want to go play with mm-hmm. them. It's, no. like, a bad time. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah. Because, like, when I say come play with me, I don't mean I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm, but I feel sure. like... I feel like <laughs> maybe I do. You know, just, like, pins and stuff. It's just a fun time. You tell me it's, it's going to be sad, but it's going to be fun for me. It'll make me feel like heaven inside oh. while I'm killing you. Oh. That's the thing that was on Family Guy once, did you know? <laughs> no. Not like heaven while I was doing it. <laughs> That's what he says when he murdered an animal. They're like, Davy, why did you murder? No. Why did you murder him? Because it's like, I think David Crockett or something. Oh. And he's like, why did? You? And he's like, I did it because I needed this hat and because it felt like heaven while I was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. That's a good one. <laughs> when I with kids, one thing I always like to think about is like in horror video games. It's always like, it's okay. In horror video games, but specifically Silent Hill, mm-hmm. it's always the kid that's, like, running away, and you have to, like, go get it. And it's like, don't. Just let it go. Just let the kid die. You don't need it's that fine. kid. Heavy rain, you're, like, doing all this stuff to find this kid. Yeah. Just leave him. There's a lot of reasons, both psychological, cultural, etc., that make kids scary for the reasons that they're scary. Yeah. That we will touch upon mm-hmm. throughout this as well as the fact that it's been played upon a lot. Yeah, way more than lot, I realized. Yeah. Like kids are always fucking creepy mm-hmm. in movies and like TV shows and stuff. Not always, but like in terms of scary movies, it's played upon a lot. Yeah, because there's this like unspoken connection that they have since they were just recently born to like the afterlife or the other worlds. La da da da. Yeah, and it's also like they're either being tormented by whatever horror that's happening or mm-hmm. they are a part of the tormenting and it's because like we're just naturally I mean we'll talk about it but no, won't. <laughs> we won't make it that far <laughs> but we um play with us. so today we're going to talk about children if you didn't get it we're no. going to talk about scary ass kids like what why why do they have to be this way why do they have to have those creepy smiles or the absence of a smile Mm-hmm. Why do they have to beckon us places? Um, can't they just be cool? Also, if your kid dies, just like let it die. Don't put it in a cemetery. Yeah, I feel like that's to a thing. To then make it come back to life. You can put it in a cemetery like normal. <laughs> but not like one but that not. makes them come back to life <laughs> yeah. and be creepy and scary and murdery. Especially if previously like the evidence you have is that like things that come back are bad honestly i feel like a lot of the movies that we've watched recently in terms of the horror genre in general it's just a lot of people looking at the evidence at play and then not following the logical route anywhere yes they're just like oh you see that this is a bad time let's just keep doing it and see if the same thing just keeps happening the answer is yes the same thing will keep happening that is is the the whole plot definition of insanity yeah, is doing saying. the same thing over and over, expecting different results. 
Food for thought. <laughs> now everyone knows. He was a dictionary. Look at me. Oh, I missed that. We watch some films for the sake of this podcast, as we do. And the ones that we watched were a uh, childhood uh, staple of Gabe's, which was Children of the Corn. Mm-hmm. So First much- time for me seeing it, except for the <laughs> Southport version. Yeah. Uh, this is a film that I had seen when I was younger and my, to this day, my mother just refers to me and my sister as children of the corn. That's nice. Mm -hmm. She used to leave us notes, like when she would like go to work or like if she was going to be late and she'd be like, children of the corn, don't forget to like make your beds or this is what's for dinner. Don't forget to not murder your neighbors. Yeah. Don't do it. Friendly, friendly, (laughs) friendly reminder to you. Um, we also watched... I'm blank. Oh, The Omen. We watched, yeah, the, we watched Omen. the Omen. 1976 and 2006. So yeah, Children of the Corn, The Omen, in terms of like other movies that I think we like thought about when we were doing this, obviously Pet Cemetery. Yes. we've seen before in life. And then uh, I always get messed up by The Orphan. Mm-hmm. I still go back and think about that. Like, oh my God, movies that messed me up as a child. Yeah. And we're going to talk about like the other kind of, especially Stephen King and his kind of use of children mm-hmm. um stephen king is definitely overdue for an episode all on his own because uh, we've now we just talked about him a, a lot yeah we did time. that with m night and we were like it's time <laughs> so, yeah yeah we watched um those films and cat did some research on them um it is I, stuff in a thing mm-hmm. i personally don't find um children terrifying because uh, you can just like punt them if they get out of, <laughs> you know, they're just they acting up. Doll. If they were, if a kid tries to kill you. I think the biggest piece like for me is like, well, one, I can't really think kids are that scary mm-hmm. because I work with them every day. Yes. And if I was genuinely terrified of them, I would not have a job. Yeah. Um, And I am a firm believer to this day that children are a product of what has happened to them mm-hmm. so if a child is evil and trying to kill you there's a reason for it and oh my god what happened to this poor baby yes that made it this mean and sad and angry and wants to kill you like mm-hmm. i don't think kids like start that way no and there's a whole like philosophical deba- debate that goes into that which is honestly the very large thing that makes people scared of kids mm-hmm. it's like the main reason is that like there's this feeling of is it innocence lost? Are kids just inherently evil and you have to train them to not be evil? And that period in the middle there is real scary because you got like a little murder baby hanging out with you? Or is it because you're messing them up that makes them want to be murder babies? And that has them being like, I wanted to kill mommy. That's mm-hmm. why they close the doors at night. Like that one little girl we were watching yes. in terms of, uh, what is it? Child of Rage? Yes, we watched Child of Rage as well. Yeah. So. Which is a mini documentary um, to uh, garner sympathy and attention for... Beth Thomas and also Children of Abuse. Yes. for children. So it was, for, it was from the Center of Children of Abuse to get attention so you can see that they can be rehabilitated um, and kind of how they do that. It was, a, it was a good film. Yeah, I would definitely say it's a form of evidence that further like affirms the fact that children aren't inherently evil that it's yeah. something that when you're abused and taught nothing but violence from a very early age that's what you know and then if you are given the supports and needs that you know things that you need to recover from that you'll never be better per se but you mm-hmm. can recover and have a moderately normal life yeah uh, is nature versus nurture or nurture versus nature what words both of them they're versus each other but they both have influence yeah instead of just you're born and you're evil oh no (laughs) and there's no hope which i mean so we'll we'll talk um we're going to talk about the psychology coming up and uh also about those movies bouncing off of what Kat was saying is this 
kind of question, which we always address, and it's why is this subject scary? What is it about it that is um, instilling fear in people, and when they watch it, it's a trigger for them, or why is it that when we see that kid, um, you know, smiling at you kind of often creepy that you're like, what the F? <laughs> um, and it's kind of, you know, it's that, you know, children are perceived to be these pure, innocent beings. They're mm-hmm. they're here. Uh, they they were born yesterday. <laughs> supposedly, <laughs> supposedly untouched um, and, you know, usually hopefully untouched by kind of the terrors and the the troubles of the world. And so when we see them in these contradictory roles in which they are like the terrorizers or their tools for terrorizers, that kind of throws everyone off. Because like, yeah, naturally, like if you see a kid, you want to help that kid or um, like even as just women, you have that maternal instinct to kind of reach out to them. Oh, yeah. They play upon that so many times in movies. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that maternal instinct and even just kind of it's naturally unintimidating, you know, like because you think like, oh, I can one, you don't expect a kid to do anything to you. And when you do, you think that you can, you know, take them. Yeah, that you'll have the upper hand in any situation. You have no reason to like naturally be like this tiny thing is going to ruin ruin my life everywhere. It can take over my like larger, more powerful body. And stab it or whatever. You know, like, you don't think that you couldn't take a kid. Like, Mm -hmm. you couldn't. (laughs) In a battle for your life. Yeah. Your first thought is, oh, that kid is going to be able to defeat me. (laughs) Because it's a kid. Yes. You have the life experience, the size, the intelligence advantage most of the time Mm -hmm. that you think that, like, oh, okay, I'm cool. Yeah. And I mean, usually when we're addressing monsters of any kind, especially in real life, those are, like, people who are taking advantage of children or hurting children. Mm -hmm. You know, so when you have it coming the opposite way, again, they have this upper hand in that we're not expecting it. Um, it, But it also speaks to this kind of break of innocence in humanity so when you see a child that's like broken or you see a child that's being evil it's kind of like this fear of that broken innocence you know this this reflection even of yourself and like losing that yeah that like that's a child that you're like tasked with like making sure is okay and taking care of and they're not okay or taking care of Yeah, (laughs) they're being led into the darkness I think that's like so when I think creepy kids, too, it's like, I don't always think kids that are going to, like, come kill you. Mm-hmm. I think, like, the kid who's sitting in the room talking to the rocking chair that's rocking back and forth with nothing in it. Yeah. Like, that they are susceptible to that kind of stuff. That creeps me out. I'm not scared of the kid in this instance. But, like, I'm scared of the fact that this kid is telling me some creepy stuff. Like, when a kid wakes up and tells me about the parent that died, like, the grandparent that died that they've never met or seen pictures of, and they can describe them in full detail. That is scary. Mm -hmm. That's, like, what is... It makes you think that there's some other stuff going on where it makes you question your reality and you become immediately freaked out. You're just like, why is this child telling me what grandpa used to wear back in the 60s when that kid was not a kid any in any sort of way? Yeah. How do they know? Mm-hmm. Like, or the like, past lives kids. Yeah, like memories of like stuff that they didn't they know cl- about. They obviously didn't happen. Or We're like, who knocked over the vase? The man did it. Like, no, what? No, no. What man? What man is in our house? There's like, no, that's so scary. Where it's like they have this ability to see some other type of reality that, like, we can't comprehend because we're old oh and we've lost it. This, like the noise you kids used to be able to hear for cell phones that adults couldn't hear. So they made oh, that yeah. their ringtones and stuff like that. Like, yeah, that's still there. I know. But that there's like stuff that like adults just can't grasp anymore. The whole Neverland concept, but also with just ghosts. That like kids can see stuff that adults just can't. And that's creepy. I'm not scared of the kid. I'm scared of the things that they can see that I can't see. Why is there this reality that's hidden from me now? Yes. Yeah, like poltergeist. Or yeah. anytime there's ghosts and children are talking to their imaginary friend yeah. that they know these these details or these songs or these stories that like a child shouldn't know. And in today's age it's like you get more um yeah. you're more in tune to the world and you have internet access. But at some point there was times when it was like 
And little Timmy, you know, mentions this really off the wall, like crazy thing about like someone being hung or mommy drowns my imaginary yeah, friend. They, yeah, like they like draw pictures of like scary things, like murders and, and like, stuff no, like that. No more crayons yeah. for you. And I think like another thing that's like really scary is that like kids aren't expe- like they're not unlike most animals. Like when they're born, they have no ability to take care of themselves, mm-hmm. and for most of their lives until they hit like kind of early preteen age, do they really have the ability to take care of themselves really mm-hmm. at all? So like this idea that you can't protect them from the things they're being exposed to mm-hmm. that's like ruining that innocence like they could die so easily so easy kids and they are keep not trying. good they they're they like try the dodo so hard. bird like they try so hard to just <laughs> become extinct and like die because they talk to strangers or they eat things they shouldn't or call into ovens because someone told children. them to even though they're not supposed to like stupid stuff that like Kids, what kids are, are scary because they could literally die at any reason just from being stupid. Honey, like they don't have the doing? life experience to differentiate. Like that's a great idea. That man said he has candy, so that's fine. Yeah, like stuff I like that. I want to help him find his dog. Yeah, where yeah. it's like they don't. You can't protect them from everything, and mm-hmm. then that in of itself is scary as hell. Yeah, and they have no sense of danger. Which, but there's also kids who understand danger and understands this need to kind of go against it um so we had uh cat had done some research on some serial killer kids or just killing kids and i have as my true crime buff self (laughs) dived into it uh previously as well so we kind of wanted to tell you guys of some real scary kids so Mm -hmm. we're later we're going to touch on some fictional ones um but just kind of at the top that this might not be super hilarious um, or that we don't in like. Well, it's hard to be funny when like stuff's real. Yeah. Like if I'm talking about something that actually happened, it's not funny. Mm-hmm. These people actually like murdered things. Yeah. And their children. And their babies. Like, yeah, like people who you would not expect to be murdering or tormenting or torturing other living things. They're mm-hmm. children. I'm sure they have their reasons for it. But. At the same time, it's not something you, like, joke about. <laughs> yeah. Like, eh. Don't do it. Yeah, it's just, like, not a fun time. Once we get to the actual movies, maybe we'll make some haha funny time jokes. But stick with us, because you're going to learn some stuff. I bet you didn't even know they were killer kids. Be smarts now. We say things to your ears. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, tell us about it. So, I mean, I read a ton. Of, there's, like, if you Google it, just write killer kids. And you'll find lots and lots of fun information. So uh, I'll say start to say names. Gabe, you had like the tail end of some of the stories that I talked about. I was like, hey, Gabe, I read about this. And you're like, oh, yeah, no, they're normal now. Or they actually do feel remorse. Or I'm like, they said all this awful stuff. So yeah. there was this one kid. His name was Joshua Phillips. Um, and he murdered his eight-year-old neighbor when he was 14 years old. Usually also I noticed that's a lot of like preteen kids. Is that the young girl? Uh, yeah. The young little black girl? I, I didn't have pictures or, like, details more than that. Probably. Was she under his bed? Yeah. Okay. So, tell it. Yeah. Sorry. So, the little boy was, like, playing with his neighbor, essentially, and he had a, I believe a bat was the weapon of choice, that, like, he hit her with the bat, and the reason he gave for, like, beating her to death after the initial hit was that he was so scared that his alcoholic father would literally kill him. After he found out that he hurt her. So in his attempt to hide the fact that he had hurt her, he brutally murdered her. Like, yeah. awfully. Like, beat her to death. I think, like, stabbed her a few times. Yeah. And he also was, I mean, already kind of showing signs of instability. And she had, out of the kindness of her heart, kind of come out to hang out with him. Yeah. Like, she was a very sociable, like, little girl who just, like, went around the apartment complex yeah, and like, then, like, trying happened to be nice upon to him. And, and like, it, it supposedly was an accident at first. Like, he accidentally hit her. She kind of got knocked out. Yeah. And he thought she was already dead. And out of fear, was like, oh, no. Need to make sure she's extra dead. But then hid her under his bed. Mm-hmm. His water bed. Yeah. And then the mom came and was like, oh, something's wrong with the waterbed. And then it found this, gross. like, brutally murdered child underneath of it. Yeah. And then, like, in his, like, court hearings, basically the reason that he gave for it is that 
he didn't like mean to kill her initially, but that he was so terrified of what his dad would do when he found out that he felt like he had to hide it and he had to like make sure she was dead so that he would not get in trouble for hitting her. Um, I don't know where he is now, but his name is Joshua Phillips. And that happened, and it was awful. Um, another yeah, and that was somewhat instance, recent. Yeah, of a murderous child is uh, Alyssa. I, this is Bustamante. I want to say is her last name, Alyssa Bustamante. She murdered her nine-year-old neighbor because she always wanted to know what it would be like to kill someone. Was the reason that she gave. Um, and what was interesting is that, like in interviews with her friends and stuff like that apparently she that was not the only person that she said that to like that she always wanted to know it was like to kill somebody mm-hmm. and then essentially one day she dug two graves in the backyard of her house and happened upon her neighbor walking home killed her and then i don't know if she actually got to the point where she buried her in the backyard but there were two graves so she actually intended and like planned out to murder apparently someone else but when they were talking about it is that basically like she had admitted to it her like youtube channel was like all about like how she wanted to kill people mm. and stuff like that like there were definitely telltale signs of like being like hey this kid is like not cool like something's yeah. wrong someone should maybe talk to her mm-hmm. get her some like help or something um but no one really i to my knowledge did anything and it resulted in the murder of this child but uh I'm pretty sure afterwards, like, she did feel like she was like, oh, I did it. It wasn't actually a good time. And she confessed fully to it, like, as soon as she was asked. My third example. Yes. Of murderous kids is uh, Brenda Ann Spencer, who we talked about a little bit. Mm -hmm. She was the one of the first school shooters. So she killed a Cleveland Elementary School school principal and a custodian, which is in San Diego, and injured up to eight other students. Um, and when she was like interviewed initially claimed that the reason that she did it is because it was just really fun and you know Mondays are pretty lame so like she wanted to liven up her Monday well, or make it more interesting you had she, probably the exact quote yeah her exact quote was I don't like Mondays yeah um, which is kind of to speak to like how little this event meant to her and yeah. that like she just, she just took this to knife from it up. her her room and just started shooting at the the kids as they were coming out. And there's actually like a song. The Boomtown Rats made a song called I Don't Like Mondays. And it's based off of her shooting. Oh, here it is. I don't like Mondays. This livens up the day. Hmm. Is her exact quote. Yeah. So that's sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, apparently she killed the principal and the custodian as they were trying to like help the kids who had been injured and were trying to like escape the bullets. Um, so they were trying to help them Mm -hmm. protect the kids and that's when, you know, they were shot fatally and died. But yeah, what was like really jarring about it is that her reason was, I I don't like Mondays and this really Mm -hmm. livens up the day. Yeah. Which is just like a really scary thing for even like, I think she was like 14, maybe 16 at the time. It's like, yeah, she was very messed up thing to say. And even so now, like the reason I say it's like, it's important that she's like this like this first school shooter was that um, she now has like gone on record and has like come out and said like she feels personally responsible for every school shooting that's happened since. Mm -hmm. And like, especially like, like Columbine and all those ever since then was like, you know, she obviously got help, was able to kind of learn and grow from this experience, obviously, you know, at the cost of lives. But um yeah, she but she had been abused and mm-hmm. she was living like her and her father shared a mattress on the floor that yeah. she shot from. <laughs> like so it said like the house was filled with like alcohol and like drugs and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but that she was not like the one who had been taking them, that they yeah. were just like scattered about the house. Yeah. And so she definitely like got out of that situation and um yeah, she feels personally responsible because she kind of showed people what could happen. Yeah. So, I mean, those are the three that I had specifically like pulled out from the list that I was reading. And then also, as we were watching through the Child of Rage documentary about the little girl who had been like horribly physically and sexually abused by her birth father, who took that awful life experience and kind of like 
dissociated and did awful things to her brother and her family because she was just so kind of broken from the experience that all this awful, violent, and age-inappropriate things had happened to her that she did not have the emotions to cope with that and then therefore, like, didn't understand remorse and feeling bad about hurting people and would, like, hurt animals and her brother and, like, want fantasized about, like, murdering her parent or, like, her adoptive family as well as her actual brother. But that you can be rehabilitated. Yeah, because by the end... And I mean, now she's fine. She, like... After, like, weeks or so of therapy, or I don't know how long it was. It was but a it was, while, yeah. It was, like, a lot of therapy that, like, she would actually cry when she would think about it. Or, like, before, it was, like, literally, you we were watching, it was, like, emotionless. Just, like, matter yeah, of fact. Yeah, just deliver it, yeah. Yeah, you know, I just hurt him. Like, he told me to stop. I didn't, like, this is what it was. Or, like, towards the end, she was, like, would get emotional and, like, cry. Mm-hmm. Because she started to, like, one, that I think the nurture aspect of it started to kick in. Mm-hmm. that's like not all the world is yeah but then also like understanding like what happened to her maybe coping with it better mm-hmm. and then actually allowing herself to have emotions yeah which is something everyone is entitled to and should have and be validated in them even if they are job- logical or not yes and um yeah i think her name is beth do you know what the last name was? Beth Thomas. Beth Thomas. Um, and yeah, she's doing much better. And it, it's a case of like catching a kid before something terrible can happen, like a murder. Yeah. Um, which Like acknowledging the signs and not taking it as like a personal failure as a parent. Just taking it as like, hey. Yeah. My kid needs help. I'm going to help them before they're not beyond help. Mm-hmm. Because that happens as we see in our world. Yes. It happens where it gets to the point where... So much damage has been done, it's very hard to recover from it, especially if that's all you've known as, like, in your development stage of your life. If you've never experienced kindness or, like, love. Yeah. It's very hard to learn those things as a 20-year-old person or, like, a late teen person. Mm -hmm. It's not impossible, but it's very unlikely, and you need to acknowledge the signs of bad stuff as they're happening, happening. Yeah. And just well, get your kids help if they need help. But and also, like, don't abuse them or traumatize them. Yeah, don't do that. So that that happens in the first place. <laughs> um, and Beth Thomas, uh, and even just the, the topic of killer kids remind me of one of the the most um, famous ones that I can remember, which is Mary Bell. And so a lot of people in the true crime world kind of know about her. Um, and she was kind of, she... Uh, ended up murdering two young boys, like four-year-olds, um, who in the 60, late 60s, uh, and it was just this kind of remorseless kind of uh, yeah, like delivery, yeah. but even creepy. So she, in 1968, she strangled a four-year-old boy, uh, Martin Brown. She had like lured him to this like broken down derelict house and was like you know let's play you know Uh he's a kid and back then like you can just kind of go wherever you're going and she Uh wasn't um watched like her mother was a sex worker and she kind of lived in this like dirty house with people coming in and out and she didn't really get any respect and she was dirty and she didn't have a lot of friends and so she became very mean um and so she strangled that kid when that they have this like funeral for the kid she like went or they were having like building up to the funeral so like people were coming to like give their condolences to the family and she like went to the family's house and like knocked on the door and when the mom answered she's like can I see him and then she was like no he's dead like he passed away I'm sorry and she's like no I want to see his body wanting to see his corpse and it was like super creepy and she was like what the fuck and then she actually convinced a friend of hers Norma Joyce Bell to help her in the second killing and Cheeks. then, like, her and Norma, um, like, staged this, like, uh, vandalism saying that they did it. Like, they wrote on this walls and were, like, you know, kind of talking about exactly what happened to the kid. And then later they um, killed that second kid. It was the death of a strangulation of the three-year-old um, Brian Howe. That's so young. Mm-hmm. And then police reported that they had, like, murdered him and then kind of went off, played, whatever. And then she came back and then she carved an M into him. Like, this is how messed up she was. And she was, like, a child. She was just just turned 11. 
Did they go into details at all, like, other than just, like, kind of being neglected? What else may have happened to her? I mean, it was it was not exactly. I mean, it depends on what you're listening to or reading into um, as far as her early life goes. But from what my understanding is, it's just that it's this kind of neglect. But my I would say that it's probably something sexual because she Especially also did. if that was her environment. I mean, if she's, even if she's just witnessing a lot of it. Then. And I, yeah. And I mean, you're getting all kinds of strange men coming in and out. Her mother was super abusive, was unloving and uncaring. And like, I mean, it's there's signs that she was sexually abused, but she was caught after that. Um, and so uh, she was arrested. But at, because she was so young, she obviously got out. Um, earlier and didn't have to, she wasn't tried as an adult. Yeah. Uh, and she actually went on to lead like a completely normal life. Like she changed her name. She became a mother and was just like totally fine. She's still totally fine. There's no report of her murdering That's anybody so else. Stressful. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I totally get, like, I'm a different person than when I was little completely. Like I was one of those weird kids, like not murder weird, but like weird enough it's usually so sometimes sadly it's like a cry for help um yeah. there's a case of the this is one i heard from a podcast i won't talk about which one it was because um the host of that podcast is a terrible human being um but <laughs> <laughs> awful but i did learn of this case because of it and uh it was this uh, young boy who was just 12 years old jamarian lawhorn who actually he just had this terrible life and he saw no other way out. Like he just honestly didn't see any other way out of it. And he was out playing with these two brothers and he ended up stabbing one of them and that kid died. And then he went to jail and he like even called the cops himself and was just like, this is the only way I could think of to get myself out of my situation, like to take me away from my family. Cause it's so yeah. bad. And to the point where like he was so desperate for like hope, like for help, in like this kind of escape that even the parents of the boy that he stabbed have like advocated for him and like reach out is like I you know yeah and I feel like a lot of it like not all like not to generalize children in their crazy times it's just like people when you're that young it's really hard to understand the consequences of what you're doing mm -hmm. so that's why you'll have a lot like hearing instances of kids like not understanding that like something they're doing could cause someone to be like gone forever like just dead now yeah like shooting that they don't come shooting back someone or like stabbing someone and not realizing that like oh this isn't a video game oh this isn't like play mm -hmm. they that won't person respond. is gone now and like it's i think it's something that's really hard for a kid to grasp but especially like preteen age too mm -hmm. like that's when a lot of those things seem to happen based on the ages that i've read in general in terms of kid murder because they don't realize the consequences or like the realness of it and that's yeah. scary in and of itself is like kids i think can be very scary mm -hmm. because like they don't have the life experience to understand those kinds of big concepts they could kill you and not understand that that's what they're doing you don't know what that is. There's so much in life that you don't understand. Yeah. That's such an abstract concept. Actual implementation of that concept will feel maybe very different than you expected. And then it's too late. It's already done. And I think that's something that's also just really scary is that the idea, like, if it is something you can't control, if it's not nature or nurture at all, like, it's just that's how kids are. Mm-hmm that's They're weird. scary as hell like you had this kid you're tasked with loving the kid forever you can't help that you made the kid you love it now no nah. and it's terrible and evil and kills people you still love the kid you're just like fuck if low well, yeah if your what kid's do i do like now like what if your kid was evil that's like so scary i don't have kids now thinking that like you just throw the whole kid out you can't do that. It's yours. <laughs> it's yours forever. It lives longer than you. All it's that not work a cat. for nothing. It's like, why do you do this? I love you. Yeah. Could Stop you making please, it hard. Can you please just, you just for not five murder minutes things? not? Can we just not murder? Can could that be, be a rule? Can you just be nice and human? Could we like hug kitties instead of killing them? Please. It's a scary place. It's a scary world. Yes.
don't get married or have kids. Like, just don't do it. Yeah. Just be alone with your cats. Yeah. Listen, listener, look, look to your left and look to your right. Are there any scary kids there? Are there any kids, period? Because if Run. there is, get away from them. Run. They're murderers. They're innately evil. Or they could be. You don't know. It's possible. We don't know. Or, Just or get away the from them. Or you need to step in to save them from becoming murderers. Or just like don't like don't go anywhere. Don't leave your house. Yeah, and there's a whole element of surprise, which is what I think made the film specifically that we watched so scary. Is that like you're not expecting that kid to stab you? No, you're not expecting. Like you see a kid, and you're like, oh, how can I help make sure you're okay? And it's not your thought is not. This kid's gonna stab me when I'm not looking or slit my throat or like push me down some steps. Like, no. I don't know. I usually think that. I assume that of everyone, potentially. <laughs> You're everyone a murderer, has the potential for murder. With, given the right circumstances, you yeah. could also murder again. Yeah. I don't think I'm not a murderer, potentially. Yeah. I'm not saying I haven't murdered. Stab! Okay, yeah, like yeah, I haven't so murdered. Creep. I haven't murdered. Is that what the basement is? Shh. So, uh, we watched Children of the Corn, which is from 1984. It's based on the short story by Stephen King, um, which is very different from the film that we watched. Um, I don't know which one I would like more, um, but the Children of the Corn, uh, the synopsis is that a young couple is trapped in a remote town where a dangerous religious cult of children believe everyone over the age of 18 must be killed. And this is to uh, satisfy he who walks among the rose, which is some unfaced monster. Demon slime monster. Mm -hmm this Cthulian <laughs> type Lovecraftian uh, monster that lives in the cornfields. And that's a synopsis. I would have liked it much better if it was just like, it just created like a cult mentality and there was no actual monster. I yeah. I feel like that would have been cooler for me, but you know, I get that it's like not what the movie was. Yeah. I can't rewrite the movie. <laughs> no. Or the whole thing. So. Well, and that's, again, that's also like, but the thing with Stephen King is that even though there are these big monsters, I mean, you have it who's actually like this god being almost, mm -hmm. and all these kind of like um, events. I get that Stephen King's thing is not that like it's about like real logical things. That yeah, there but, are monsters that are monsters. But I think that's, I think it is about real things. I think his it's that he uses these big monsters these big godly like undefeatable things to uh convey the message of the gravity of these situations yeah and that the severity of these traumas that people are enduring honestly the the monster isn't even really what matters in his films in his oh yeah stories. i would agree with that but i just like i don't like that there's monster at all sometimes because yeah, then always in the movie versions they come off so cheesy it was very cheesy it looks so ridiculous <laughs> we're like you didn't even need to show it you could have did the whole movie and it would have just been like the fear of this like fake thing that doesn't actually exist mm-hmm but like this the fear of it and like having them all believe it so strongly that they're doing this crazy shit it yeah. would have been the same thing. Like, I would have gotten the same feeling. Yeah, I think the scariest part is, like, is cult, is the cult mentality. Because yeah. people think of cults and they don't think of, um, like, most people hear about a cult and they're like, I would never do that. Like, that's crazy. Like, who's that? What kind of people do that? But it's like, seeing, like children being susceptible to that i can see that being real you know it's just like you have this one charismatic kid who says that he's hearing things and this is the only way and all these kids are mad at their parents because they're probably trying to make them do farm work and they're all miserable because there's a corn drought and yeah. like it's this tiny bodunk town of you know religious people because they said that like that isaac was this um 
fiery little minister. Like he kind of had the knack for it. And there are a lot of cult leaders figure that out, like got into religion young and realize how quick it is if you're a charismatic leader to get people to listen to you and to use yeah. religion as a weapon. So I think that's what's really scary about it. And so, but it's just so absurd because you have all these children and like you were saying, it was, they were caught off guard. The beginning is, um, them in the diner and the little boys narrating about how great his dad was. His poor dad's just trying to be a good dad. Yeah. And then the, the kids just initiate their attack. They're super well thought out and militant and just start stabbing people. And no one's, no one's expecting that. Yeah. No one expected the child inquisition. Yeah, no, it's like a whole thing. (laughs) And it's funny because like this film specifically, I never realized how much it's mentioned in other like pop culture things. Like there's a whole South Park episode about that. It's like one of my favorite episodes. Mm -hmm. I've seen it a million times. I had no idea it was based off of the Children of the Corn. Yep. No clue. I was sitting there just thinking like, ah, South Park's so original and funny. It's based on this whole movie. That's the whole movie. Yeah. These two, so Sarah Connor and her boyfriend with flippy hair who's condescending comes in. Oh my god, mansplain Mr. Masculinity over here. He so was the worst. The worst thing that's ever happened. Yeah. You're safe with me, except you're not because everything I say is wrong. Yeah, so Sarah Connor and her flip hair boyfriend. So they go to this town, there's no people. They're like, what's up? That's weird. And then the last, the old man who does the mechanic-y thing. So he's yeah, just, you know, and his dog. being nice. And then they kill the doggy. It was sad. And killed him. But yeah, he's like, don't go to that town. And then what do yeah. they do? They One, they, they drive through the cornfields for a while. Why did he think that was a viable option to get places? And she, you know what? After a while, I didn't even feel bad for her anymore because she's been dealing with it. Like, she was like, yeah, this is totally normal. I'm going to follow this man into war. I want him to marry me. And then we're going to adopt kids that we found in this abandoned town. Like, no, you like he is literally driving around in circles. He's a curmudgeon the entire time. He has this very important meeting so he can be a big timey doctor and be even more important than you. And he's literally driving through like it's not a road. It's just like a path through the corn. And he's like, why isn't this working? Why isn't this getting me to a town location? And that was, what was, I did find weird though, is that no matter what direction they went in, they were like still going to this town. Like That they was a very confusing that part. That was like weird. Like they couldn't escape it. So maybe that was like part of it. I don't really know. I, yeah, I don't really know why. Cause like the kids didn't want them there, but then they did because he who walks behind the, the thing wanted him there. And it was like, so there he's in the town and it's ridiculous because anyone of sound mind would have seen this empty ass town that clearly hasn't been lived in. Like everything is full of corn. And just like left. I would have just everything left. Everything like, is full is of dumb. corn. And they almost left. And then he saw the house and was like, oh my God, look, the door just closed. Let's go inside. I'd be like, I'm sorry, wind. Yeah, it's just or like, whatever's no, no, no. in like, there. He said a thing. Stick to the thing that you said. Yeah. Sir, yeah. you're going to be in charge of everything. And then everything's covered in corn. Looks so bad. It's so dumb. It's just everything so is dumb. covered in corn. They really like it's town of the corn, and like w- there's a part. So they found a little girl who's like telepathic, but they don't like nothing really comes of that. Besides the fact that they keep her alive, and it's like she she has the sight. Yeah, yeah, but for what? She didn't do it. She like saw that they were coming. The what? What are they called? The Outlanders. Yeah. She saw that the Outlanders were coming. Outlanda. 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 And so he, uh, yeah, but they, like, we're talking to the kid and she's being all creepy and she's like, Malachi does this and Malachi does that. And Malachi's hideous and all this other stuff. He has the biggest mouth that has ever been seen. Yeah. And it's always a gape. He's really mad about it, so that's why he murders. <laughs> it's always a game. He's always puzzled. And then, like, she's like, I have a really bad feeling about this. We need to just leave. Also, we just found this child in, like, adult clothing in this abandoned house in this abandoned town full of corn. We should probably leave. And he's like, you're being hysterical. You stay here. I'm going to investigate and leave you and this poor child alone in this abandoned town and go look and find some man. I need to find the men people so that we can get this all squared away because you women are hysterical. 
Yeah, it's a whole ridiculous Preposterous. thing. One thing I did like that was when you were telling me about the difference between the book and the movie. I like that they got super murdered in the book. Yeah, instead, me too. where in the movie they were just like, "Oh, we saved the day," and then they adopt, like supposedly adopt these children. Yeah, no, I like it better when her eyes were gauged out and stuff with cord, and then yes. he was like, "What, lit on fire or something?" Yeah, like they both died, and he who walks behind the the rose wins in the in the short story and in the short story there's no isaac there is malachi um and it's i feel like it's a little better in that like they get there well, it's creepy they, they also don't have the two kids preacher thing happened if there's no it isaac. wasn't it was just like the, the kids, the just kids started murdering. heard the call like there's no real explanation of why they're in a cult Oh, they weird. didn't have that exposition. And there's no kids. There's no Job and the little girl. Oh, okay. Weird. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like a whole different those, plot Yeah, point. those are plots to That's make so it a different. film because yeah. they needed to make it a whole film. But in the story, yeah, they Sarah Connor and Floopy Hair die. <laughs> and honestly, it's probably just Sarah desserts. Connor died, but like, I like that... Like, because of Sarah Connor being Sarah Connor. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the rest of it, I don't really care. <laughs> I also like the whole religious thing where it's used to fight the uh, he who walks. And then, or I think the best part was the big nuclear explosion at the end when they yeah. finally fight him. Where it has like a face, but also it's like terrible. Or just like how rude he was to Job. So there's this little boy who like saves Joby. his butt so many times. Like he like saves him when he like had gotten like shot or stabbed and like brings him to his under under base that he like repair like the little girl like stitches him up she's like four and then like they go out and like uh he shows him where everything is and he hides him in this and he takes care of the girl and then when he like shows he pretty much hands him all the tools he needs to fight this this godly monster yeah um in his little charming child way and the whole time this guy is just like just throwing down job just like no mm-hmm. don't do this stay here do this and so job's like no i'm not gonna fucking stay here like I'm you clearly adult. like you don't know what you're doing you're not my real dad <laughs> he was stabbed in front of me he i was, was traumatized nice, I swear. yeah and like when he like goes and he throws the molotov cocktail and he yeah. misses and joe has to run and go get it and then he comes back and he's like this time don't miss and i was like this kid is the coolest kid and really should like kick him in the shin Honestly, he yeah. He totally deserved. I mean, he was the worst time. the whole film. He deserved to die in the Stephen King version of the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> he, like, Sarah Connor did not deserve her fate, but he deserved it. Mm-hmm. He keeps telling him, like, go back, go back. And Job's like, no, I'm not leaving you here. To... I'm not putting the fate of all of us. Yeah, you're fucking it up. Your Whatever. Hands. Get out of here. <laughs> like, I'm the one who's been here. Um, so I think out of the differences, I'm glad that Job exists, at least in the in reference to the film, because he was a good part of it. Yeah, and like they weren't scary. It was the older kids who were scary. Mm-hmm. So like I think teenagers are terrifying. Malachi was super scary. Like no, like I actively interact with middle school and high schoolers. They're a little scary because they're they're one they're like big, even though their their minds are young. Mm-hmm. And like they got all these emotions they don't understand. Yeah, everything is so big and immediate, and like you got to deal with it now, and like. Or it's the end of the world because their world is so small. Yeah, because they don't got the context. Yeah. So yeah, that's a scary thing. Mm-hmm. Just like having that be your life. Uh, no. Yeah, and the fact that they're like killing themselves or like offering themselves at 19 or whatever. Yeah. Like that's crazy. Before they're even people. I wasn't a human until I was 22 and I stand by that. Yeah. We watched another film. We called? watched The Omen and we watched Bolt. So that's the, the film where an American diplomat Robert adopts Damien uh, when his wife Catherine delivers a stillborn child. As people around Damien die, Robert investigates Damien's background and realizes his adopted son may be the Antichrist. And it was, I mean, it's such a, a weird, like, one, if he's the Antichrist, he's starting too early with killing people because he's going to give himself away. That's true. And the whole point is, like, he has to build up and be charismatic. Like, that's what I'm sorry that my, like, religious nerd is showing. But the Antichrist is supposed to be super charismatic and is supposed to seem like almost like the second coming of Christ. Like, he's supposed to seem like this benevolent person that's fixing the world, where in the background he's not. So what is this kid doing that his, like, nanny is 
like hanging herself off of their gigantic mansion of a house in front of his party guests. And then like priests are being stabbed. And I was like, he's given away. He's like putting his whole hand out there with that. Like, and he's only like six. Yeah. What gets me about these films too, is it really like, I don't know if intentionally or unintentionally, but it really like puts a wrench in the idea of adopting children. Oh yeah. Like it's just like fucked up. There's all these kids out there who want to be loved. They're not the fucking antichrist like nine times out of ten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Except all the times so it's not a thing that's happening. Like it's, these poor like this probably just like I have a real fear of adoption since so seeing like the orphan mm-hmm. and like the only like these kinds of films like stigmatize that because you're scared you're gonna get a kid who's gonna kill you. Yeah. And it's only because of these like I would not have thought that otherwise probably. Yeah. But all these films set that up. And that's, like, scary. And that's, like, upsetting. Because, like, there's all these kids that want love and families. And they don't get them because everyone's convinced they're the Antichrist or, like... They're broken. They're fucked up and they're, like, beyond repair. Yeah. Well, and that's one thing that aggravated me in The Omen is, like, there's this whole reveal where the, he goes all the way to, like, Italy. And he, like, goes to this, like... Because that's where the kid was born. And yeah, so they have something similar in the there orphan was, too. Yeah, there was like the this fire, and it was this whole thing where the priest or this big you know priest tells him like this is the the cemetery essentially, and he goes there and he goes to um, see the the mother, but it's not; it's like a, a dog or something. So then he digs up the child's grave that is supposedly like he's like, oh, maybe it's fake, and it's obviously that they killed a, a baby. Like there's like a like a damage to the skull. But my problem was that he, every time Robert in both films, cause they're the same film is, uh, he, he's like swearing up and down. Cause he's like, this was my son. Like they murdered my son, et cetera, et cetera. But it's like, y- you adopted a child. And so he's also your son. Yeah. So Damien is your son. Like you got him, you raised him. That's your son. Like, like yes you had another son be upset about that yeah you supposedly almost had this other kid but this is your kid yeah like he is yours and so that really and i know like it sucks because it's like he's the antichrist so you can be like he's actually like satan's kid or whatever but any other time if your kid is acting up you can't just be like well you're not you weren't my real kid so i don't love you now like no this has been eight nine years of you like raising this child in the second one it seemed like he was more bent out of shape about it like yeah. you know it was like upsetting that he had to do like he was like yeah. crying Didn't like as the kid him. was like yeah daddy don't like but like, you could see it was like a hard yeah. thing for him i felt like in the first one i didn't get that as much i was kind of like oh this dad's just like this douche rich guy mm-hmm. has wife raise the babies and it's kind of rude about yeah. it like that's the vibe i got from it where it was just like we're really wealthy and the nanny killed herself. That's an inconvenience. Why can't the woman take care of the kid? Yeah. Man, man, man. Yeah. Well, and he, yeah, I think it was kind of switched because, like, in the first, the older version, it's the the husband, the dad, who's the one who's getting like smart to what's happening and is like yeah. putting things together. And the wife is like, "No, our son is fine. I He's, love him. He's like, just baby. stuff keeps happening around him, and that's really unfortunate. But I love him. He's yeah. our son. And then, like, she ends up like pretty much almost dying because she falls from the thing but in the second one it was the mother who was suspecting of it and she was like it was portrayed almost as like postpartum but like late postpartum where she's just like why can't i love this kid what's wrong with him what's wrong with this kid yeah what's wrong with me even like she just because she's like i need to go see help like get help because i I don't love him something's wrong something wrong here Yeah. yeah and he was like you know no like our son's fine like you you're sick um you're a crazy lady you're hysterical again what if your child is the antichrist you i already said i love the kid no matter what and if he's the antichrist then that sucks i'm gonna be a horrible enabling person and the world will die sorry one that's a big deal and i'd be like yo you pick wrong because like i don't know where he's gonna go from here like he's starting real low and he's got to <laughs> aim real high to get to be the antichrist and maybe i can stop it maybe i can change this world yeah for true i can be mary 2.0 yeah well we also watched um previously we watched was a little evil yeah that movie's funny that though. was good i definitely I really recommend that, that to anyone so it's like the omen but funny With and super charming um it was such a great film yeah it's the way i would hope that if the 
omen happened in real life to some extent like not as dramatic as that but that that ending would happen that you would have this kind of happy resolution where you still love your kid well yeah and then like the twist was that like the expectation was that the father would try to like kill him like that was the whole thing Mm -hmm. just like the omen but like what he really needed was love yeah to make him be better don't like it it's murder baby yeah and if you do like it it's outlander <laughs> like from children from, of the from corn movie. yeah the movie's that about. he yelled that malachi so i think there's no good way to be like i like murder kids that's not Mm-mm. a time that's it's not a positive time babies. for anybody you don't murder babies aren't fun you don't want those mm-hmm. you want non-murder babies yeah murder baby to the murder babies yes but in terms of like the films and like just the concept in general i think like it's a smart play. Mm-hmm. Like, in terms of even, like, not murderous kids, just scary kids in general because of, like, them just being, like, so innocent but yet creepy. Mm-hmm. I think it's, like, an easy, not super harmful way to make, like, creepy things happen. That's not like that. It's not that deep, you know? Yeah. I don't like murder kids, though. Yeah, Where kids murder, murder things. Kids, yeah. Not a fan. We're like in horror films, they make the little girl talk to the rocking chair that has no one in it, talking about their imaginary friends and stuff. That's cool. It's not super cool. It's like the worst. Well, yeah, but, but it's like cool I'm not in the like fact that it's the worst. It. Like, yeah. I think it's like a good gimmick. Gimmick. Mm-hmm. But all the other things, not murder baby. Yeah, yeah. I'm kids definitely... being creepy. Outlander. Yeah. I'm good about it. Yeah, it. like just like f- fictional creepy kids are outlander and are are good. They're good use and it's good plot points, you know, it's good yeah. uh motivation to get people to do things like Pet Cemetery. Uh-huh. You know, him bearing that po- like that is one of the most traumatic scenes. You can almost like even though you're like, This is stupid, yeah. You're still kinda like, I get it. Yeah. Like I get like any opportunity you can to have your child back doing that yeah that makes sense and that's um, like something anyone can understand and like feel for mm-hmm. yeah and it's like okay so like you can't you won't always buy this motive that like a man's like running after a woman and sometimes that's not even a good plot you yeah. know but if you have a man running after his son that's believable yeah in no way is that ever gonna be like why is he doing that yeah, because it's like, his kid. yeah, that's his kid. Even Antichrist kid, Damien, like, yeah. I do it for you, Damien. Like, yeah, you love the kid. Yeah, do it for him, Damien. Do it, do it for Damien. <laughs> don't, 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 don't do that. <laughs> don't do um, it. Yeah, kids are cool. Protect them at all costs. Don't let them murder, even if they seem like they're a psychopath or the Antichrist. Just love them. Or a really savvy preacher boy. I just like get them the hope that they need. Because mm-hmm. they, they, they're young and they still can get help. Before they become murder babies. Yeah. Or murder adults. Truth. Mm-hmm. So. You don't get married. Delete your kids and your kids will kill you. Dads be good dads. Moms be good moms. And kids, stay less murdery. Cool. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. What you can do is just try to be like good, man. Yeah, just love your love step your kids. kids. Yeah, love any kids. Just love them in an appropriate and nice way. Did you say inappropriate? Appropriate, a Ooh. appropriate, appropriate, and appropriate. No, not <laughs> in an, an appropriate way. <laughs> yes, love them the right way, and yeah. that's with just like support with your heart and care. Yeah, with emotion and like time and mm-hmm. showing up yes and like making and them forgiveness. feel important and forgiveness adopt children yes don't get married because you your kids but you can adopt kids 
Play yourself.